seven brows. Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to episode 184 of the Smash Except Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. Fresh off his Smash Except tour in Europe. Back to the show. You know, it's been the longest hiatus, you know, you and I have had without talking football. The man, the myth, the legend, Mung. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, thank you. Thank you. As I tweeted out uh, on Sunday morning, I, I loved the food and the sights and everything about everywhere I was in Europe. But something something was just different when I heard get ready for seven hours of commercial free football on yes. Sunday morning. Just Dude, hits it's different. It does. You know, like it, it's interesting as a as a father, like my kids are, you know, they're in this generation where everything's TikTok, everything's YouTube, everything's quick. And my oldest stopped watching football with me. And then I he he saw I was watching Red Zone. He's like, Dad, what is this? You know, it's just like everything there that keeps our attention span going. Red zone is the greatest thing to happen to football. For me, it's just been so much fun, especially for for fantasy football. Um, that kind of that being said, I think the dynasty community right now is is similar to that, right? They want the newest thing, whatever's going on, whatever's hot. We talk about dynasty being so cyclical right now. And a lot of the trades that I'm seeing in today's show is nothing but the trades. That's what Mung and I, you know, you guys want to hear from us. But, Mung, you know, we talk about this cyclical event. This time of year, it's like you can really separate the men from the boys of people that can be patient, people that can't, people that overreact, underreact. It's just we're, we're paving what this new 2023 looks like right now. Right. And, and the dynasty landscape, the ever-changing values is kind of like we've made the analogy before. Other people have made the analogy like the stock market where if you day trade, if you just keep flipping, honestly, like, in the long run, it's not going to go well for you, right? Because at some point you're going to be wrong, probably more than once, probably more than just once. Um, and I think what we want to preach is you want to take advantage of those quick value flips when you can, but also it's not worth getting an extra second if you're trading away a blue chip prospect that you believe in, right? So it's kind of tempering your expectations with the the value flips while also being able to take advantage when you can so it's finding that right balance like anything else i love it and you know we're going to talk about in the discord in the last 10 days you know we have a spot in there for the guys in the patreon to put their completed trades and there are 143 of them in the last 10 days so mung and i aren't going to get a chance to cover them all but i really want to dive into some of these so the first one uh, sent in from Improve, that's with an E at the front. One thing we've been doing in the first, the seven o'clock edition of, of Smash Accept is we've been letting, you know, the VIP guys come on and just ask questions. And his question was, he has Justin Fields or Brock Purdy and Trey McBride. Now, before you, before we talk about that, we're definitely going to jump into both of these quarterbacks, uh, you know, heading in different directions. Two guys in the Patreon, we've gotten Brock Purdy and a first for Justin Fields. I feel like that's an absolute smash, except with the way that Fields has struggled. You're in Chicago. Talk to me a little bit about Fields, and let's move over into this trade. Again, Brock Purdy and Trey McBride or Justin Fields. Yeah, I don't hate the trades that you mentioned where if you can get Purdy and a first, I think that's definitely worth considering um, straight up because I, I don't believe in Trey McBride necessarily. I, I would still take Fields because at the end of the day, two things, right? One, the Bears are absolutely terrible. I don't know how many Bears fans are left after the beatdown on Sunday. Um, but honestly, at the end of the day, you have to think that the coaches at some point have to just unleash fields, right? They have to yeah. say, we have to lean into what he does well, which is scramble, run, call more design runs. And at some point, as ugly as it might be, you probably won't want to watch the game. 
but the box score, he's going to have some rushing yards and touchdowns. Well, and we Maybe. didn't want to watch it last year, right? Like that was the thing. They just kind of let him go and do his thing. And now a- after the first week, zero design runs and then two the second week. And it's like, this is who you have. You're not going to turn Justin Fields into a pocket passer a la Justin Herbert. You know, like this is a guy that his legs are arguably his one of his best traits, if not his best. Right. And as for Purdy, I think it's clear that, you know, he does well in Kyle Shanahan's offense. I've always been a Trey Lance fan and a believer in his fantasy upside. But at the same time, we can see clear as day that Purdy is executing the offense well. The only thing is after three very good games, three wins, he's what, QB 13, QB 14, something like that 13, in fantasy. Yeah. Um, he's basically a less turnover prone, uh, more mistake free Jimmy Garoppolo with a little bit more mobility. Right. Yeah. The day in fantasy, I don't know that that's ever going to equate to elite production. So I no, think you're not going to get that. Yeah, I'm with you for sure. Like, I think if you look at it and I'm, I'm totally people that were worried about Justin Fields, I said, hey, Purdy in a first smash it. You get the insulation. And I think Brock Purdy is going to sit around that QB one range, that back end QB one somewhere between 11 and 15, you know, and he's not going to have games that that necessarily win you your week, but he's not going to lose you your week like some of these weeks that we've seen from Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence lately. So I'm, I'm with be what Kirk Cousins was in Washington, right? Yeah. With uh, Kyle Shanahan. And I think consistent back end QB one, and that's worth something. But uh, again, Sherry McBride just isn't enough for me to move off of fields just yet. And plus if, if you're rebuilding anyway, this is the worst time to move off of fields. Right. Yep. And, improve actually got justin fields in this deal you know he's like dad dad's still on the justin fields train I, if you look at what he did the first four weeks last year and then what he did the second half you know like we were in the same predicament last year if you have him you shouldn't be selling unless you're getting a first plus a guy that you believe in you know if you're a contender and you get jared goff plus a first kirk cousins geno smith i think those ships have passed but for me brock purdy in a first i'll still do it talking about insulated trades which is the the hot button topic uh, we got this one here, sent in from Ricky 88 Kyle Pitts and a projected 104 to 105 first, or TJ Hawkinson. So we already talked about the hot button Justin Fields. Let's talk about the hot button Kyle Pitts. Everybody's out. They're you know, moving off Kyle Pitts. For me, I'm real close to putting TJ Hawkinson as my dynasty tight end one right up there with Andrews. And with, you know, I have him in that same tier as Andrews and, and Kelsey. Is there a first round value difference here among like a lot of people are so frustrated. They have dominant teams. They invested in Kyle Pitts. And now it's like there aren't a lot of basement values when it comes to the tight end position. So they're trying to move up. Would you give somewhere something in the 104, 105 range in Pitts for TJ Hawkinson? Uh, I would not. I think if you're a contender, I would ride out Pitts or try and trade for a cheaper tight end for now. Um, the value gap to me is not anywhere close to a top five first round pick in 2024 mm-hmm. with some of the wide receiver production we're seeing from these college guys who already come out, not to mention mm-hmm. the quarterbacks. Uh, I think that's a move that you would regret. And I think Hawkinson's solid. He's clearly a top five tight end going forward for the rest of the season. But at the same time, I think, you know, does he take a step back a little bit once Jordan Addison continues to get more involved and, the Vikings have been in some historical shootouts to start the season, and they're going to be in shootouts all season long because of how bad their defense is. But I don't know that I would pay up this much for Hawkinson. I'm buying as many Vikings as possible. I would do it for something in the 108 to 112 range. I think the 104, 105 just feels, and by the way, again, Jay Ricky got the Kyle Pitts in the 104, 105 range. So congrats to you on that one because I think at the end of the season, I mean, right now, you can't say that Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, or TJ Hawkinson, for that matter, are worth something in that 104 range plus a guy like Kyle Pitts. Well, the other thing, too, is we always say, sure, you think it's the 104, 105, but if that ends up being the 102, right, and all of a sudden – you're you're real sad yeah and that's that's the 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 pitfall of trading your first right now right like a lot of people think that they're you know and that's how you and i have have made made our money in the past is like teams think they're a contender right now and they're not so we go after their first and try to move that way sticking with the tight end position uh this one sent in from from mp fleming great trade here 
You ready? Sam Laporta, Tua Tagovailoa, Nico Collins, and a fourth. We don't worry about that. Or Brandon Ayuk, Bryce Young, and Kyle Pitts. Oh, smash Laporta right, like, and Tua. And now I got to put this out there because he said it was sent to him from his brother. So he absolutely crushed his own brother on that one, you know, going out there. Tua is you, – you've been all over Tua. You, uh, you had me starting to come around. He is – absolutely dominating but let's talk about sam laporta a little bit i mean sam laporta becoming the first tight end in history to start out with five plus receptions and over 50 yards in his first three games like i'm at a point right now where i could consider having sam laporta be my tight end five or six in dynasty and i'm redoing my rankings right now you gotta consider he's definitely top 10 rest of the way you almost have to consider with his age and where he's at He's the kind of production that we were hoping Dalton Kincaid would have right out of the gates. Yeah, I got to tell you, I started updating my rankings for the October update coming up. And uh, currently my dynasty rankings, the tight ends go Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, Sam Laporta. Ooh, above Hawk. Sam Laporta yeah. just has looked I, so good. Hawkinson's been super volume dependent. And, and I think that if that were to go away, um, we would get more Detroit Hawkinson, mm -hmm. whereas Laporta, I think, also has the talent to go with the volume he's seeing right now, which, as a side note, I, I'm, I'd am i be selling Jameson Williams for multiple reasons. But, I mean, Laporta's ascendancy into that number two spot as the pass catcher, and I think with the success that the Lions are seeing, I do think that Goff is going to be the quarterback there for at least another year or two, and his skill set just doesn't mesh well with the downfield threat that Jameson Williams is. Yeah, and I think Sam Laporta is, a, you know, he's passed a spot where you could buy. I regret in one of my leagues that somebody offered me Waller straight up for him right after the rookie draft, and I denied it because I was like, Waller's going to break out and have a big year. It also speaks to the the testament of, you know, we talk about insulating. You know, and I put a tweet out where I got A.J. Brown plus the 210 for Jonathan Taylor eight months ago. That 210 became Sam Laporta. Guys, get those second rounders insulated in there. This year you look at – what you were able to grab in that second round. And obviously we're going to probably talk about Devin A-Chain. How, how's he pronouncing it? I, I'm pronouncing it wrong now. Uh, from what I heard in the interview clip, it's Devon A-Chain. That's, okay, that's what so I've was, been saying. Okay. All right. We're good then. But, I mean, yeah, Laporta was in there. Bigsby's in there. Kendra Miller. I mean, you know, and we're only starting to get in into it in 2024, but it's going to be similar. So, you know, it's getting harder to buy them first, but you can make sure you go out there and buy those seconds. This trade sent in from RJ2K24, and this is more just a, uh, a laughing joke kind of where we're at as far as what we we're able to do here. But he gave up Tua and Brandon Ayuk at, at – and came to me and he said, Dad, you know, this guy's offered me Deshaun Watson and Kyle Pitts in a deal, and he wants two and Iuke. I said, well, what are you getting? He goes, well, he's going to give me two 25 first and a 26 first. He's like, but I'm not into it. You know, he's like, I don't want Deshaun Watson. I don't want Kyle Pitts. I was like, ask for another first, first, second swap. So it ended up being Watson, Pitts, and four firsts for two and Iuke. You know, like there's certain times, Mung, where you, what I posted about this was, you might not want the asset that you're buying, but the value is just too much to pass up because one of those first equals Ayuk. So then essentially what this trade is, is two and a second for Deshaun Watson and three firsts, you know, and that's the type of value in dynasty with the, the fluctuating area and value of non picks going up and down so much insulating your team with three firsts as much as I love Tua, that's an absolute smash. Yeah. Not much to add there. No. Now here's an interesting one sent in from Nittany Lions 93. Jerry Judy and what appears to be a late 24 second or a random 24 first. We always got to be in that weird area of like, let's avoid those random 24 firsts because they could be high, they could be low. And Cortland Sutton, you know, I got to give you, you know, Jerry Judy was the guy in the second half last year. Your boy Cortland Sutton has had a nice little resurgence there. So first, let's break down the trade Judy and a late second or a 24 first, and then let's talk a little bit about that Denver offense. Yeah, you know, I've never been the biggest Judy fan, but I think he'll be better than what he's put up so far. Um, you have to remember he's starting up slow, coming back from that hamstring, right? And, and there's a little ramp-up period there. So even though I'm not the biggest believer in Judy, I'd still take the value there. I think him plus a second, if you're contending, uh, that, that's an easy call if you're expecting 
that first to be late if it's your own, assuming. Mm-hmm. I, I'm for I'm for it for sure. Uh, next trade sent in from Willem34, 14 team, one quarterback league. Both picks look to be late. Calvin Ridley or a first and a second. Um, man, I, this is why the the change in value week to week is so important, right? Because if you if you said this after week one, right, everyone Smash. in the world would have been like Ridley, easy, easy. Um, after the last couple of weeks, maybe a lot of people are now saying the first and the second. I, I think Ridley is still worth in that late first range. Again, we've talked this past preseason and off season about even if he is very good this year, the value decline is coming given his age, right? Um, and I think he's somewhere between what we saw of him in week one and what we saw of him in week three. And I, I think at the end of the day, he's worth the first. So if you're if you're adding that second, unless you're a very strong contender and you really believe in him, I, I would lean the picks. Yeah, and I, I this is just that interesting. You're you're absolutely right because Calvin Ridley after week one, it was like, oh, let's react to where we at, and then week two, you're like, okay, he'll have a bounce back in week three, and then he doesn't, and now it's like now he's become a buy low because people are just overreacting because it's a three game sample size, but we haven't seen him play for two years, so it's like that's what we're feeding off of. That's how we're moving to those areas. So I'm with you. I'm personally buying, you know, Calvin Ridley in that scenario. Next one sent in from I don't really like this listener, but the Dynasty Dad. So I was uh, I put in here I got Gus Edwards for Diami Brown and a 25 third, which is likely going to be late with a in Smash Except Seven from Ali Hussein, great guy. You know, for him he's rebuilding. For me, Gus Edwards is about the cheapest production you can buy at the running back position. Um, how do you see things going in in Baltimore there? I know you know Gus got a little bit banged up towards the end of the week, but what do you what are your scenarios and what talk to me a little bit more about this offense because they haven't quite a hundred percent clicked. In the Todd Munkin offense, Lamar's running well. Zay looks fantastic. Let's let's break this down a little bit. Well, first of all, speaking of Dimey Brown, I'll, I'll quote Obi-Wan and say, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> um, right. It was like I was I looked at it, right? So when you're making this kind of move and you you're you're a contender, right? You don't want to present it and say, this 25 thirds probably going to be late. You're just like, let me just throw in a guy that's in my taxi squad or someone that someone might have, you know what I mean? You, you spice it up a little bit ahead of time. Right, so. let, let's call it what it is. So you gave up a 2025 <laughs> third for Gus Edwards. Um, I think it's fine. I actually, I think I prefer justice Hill right at the rest of season, because okay. I think when he's back healthy, um, he's going to see some more of that passing down work. And we've talked about before how in Monken's system, the running backs actually do get a little bit more usage in, as receivers. Um, but at the end of the day, we know the hit rate on third-round rookie picks is incredibly low. So for the depth, for the bye week, whatever, the second flex spot that you need Gus Edwards for, I think it's pretty cheap for him. I like it. Next one sent in from Bear Down 34 and this is an interesting one because he said you know, he, he wanted to get this deal done in a year one punt. He wants to get his first Waddle share, and he's firmly now looks like he's in position to go from the 102 to the 101. The 101, like we said, is always you know significantly 30 to 50 percent more value. Um, so he gets Jalen Waddle, Michael Mayer, Will Levis. You know that that, that so those aren't the names, but on the other side, it's Addison, Kirk Cousins, and a and a couple of thirds. You know, and I think Jalen Waddle is too cheap in Dynasty right now. I know you've been on him in the past. You know, Tyreek's blowing up, A-Chain's blowing up, Moster's blowing up. But if you give up Kirk Cousins, so the official deals, Kirk Cousins, Allen Robinson, Kareem Hunt, Jordan Addison, and a pair of thirds from Michael Mayer, Will Levis, and Jalen Waddle. this just feels like an absolute smash where someone's like, yeah, give me four guys that might produce right now, and I'll get Jalen Waddle. So is this one QB, Superflex? Superflex. Okay. I think the value slightly on the Waddle side, um, and we've made comparisons before with the Eagles wide receivers to the Dolphins wide receivers, and we saw why you don't just give up on Jamar Chase or AJ Brown um, this this past mm-hmm. week. But at the same time, you know, I think I feel similarly about Waddle. Right, he's had a he had a quiet week, and then the concussion, and so his value is down a little bit. I, I still think he's elite long term. But I, I understand the other side too, right? Kirk Cousins is going to be throwing all year long. I think he can mm-hmm. be a solid QB1. Um, you talked about before in the offseason how you expect Jordan Addison to be at the highest scoring rookie wide receiver this year. So mm-hmm. if you're contending I could and you need the quarterback help, 
I could understand taking the Addison Cousins side. I think the value is close. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you're set at quarterback, then I think the Waddle side's fine too because we have to remember that Levis is worth quite a bit as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the other piece that I think people are forgetting because we're seeing Tanhill right now, and people have forgotten about Levis basically. Um, but he does have the he has the step up over Willis when healthy to be the the future because clearly they didn't like what they saw from Willis last year. And Tannehill looks washed. I mean, you look what this last week, just over 100 yards. You know, he's going to jump in there. And I think this particular defense, too, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, this particular trade, what he's trying to do and what I, you know, is move Kirk Cousins out of that area and and not take the points from the quarterback. So, I mean, I get it completely. And I'm I'm with you with Addison. I I like him. I think Waddle's a definite buy. Next one sent in from Big Muzz 26. Now, this is an interesting one. He said he's coming out of a one year punt. And he now has Zay Flowers, Nico Collins, two potentially top three 24 firsts. And he wanted to go get a share of Jackson Smith and Jigba. So he gives up Brandon Cooks, Jerome Ford, a late 24 first projected, a 25 second for Jackson Smith and Jigba, and a 24 third. Now, JSN, I, I was advocating people, you know, going out and making sure right now that you're, you're buying Zay Flowers, you're buying Jordan Addison. Right now, I'm seeing JSN's value dipping below those guys, and a lot of people on K, you know, keep trade cut, and a lot of people on the Twitter trades. So right now, for me, I think this is a trade where you know, if you're rebuilding and you give up Jerome Ford in a first and a second to get Jackson Smith and Jigba, I'm all for it. Might be selling a little bit low on Jerome Ford uh, based off of what he might do the rest of schedule. Uh, but what do you think is going to happen here in Seattle? Because I don't see an area where Jackson Smith and Jigba really thrives in this offense until DK or Lockett go down. Yeah, that's kind of what we discussed before, right? Where it's mm-hmm. it's going to be considering the target competition that he has, it's going to be a, a not as productive rookie season for him. And the certainly the uh, what was it, the ankle or the wrist injury didn't help, right? Because mm-hmm. that took away some reps. And ultimately, I think the value is still good. It's a decent buy low on JSN for especially for a rebuilding squad. But I think we are seeing, you know, I had Zay Flowers ranked in the same tier as him uh, mm-hmm. preseason. I think you can make an argument for Addison as well, given what he showed already. Mm-hmm. So I, I think in general, this is still a good buy for Jason, but certainly for rebuilding teams. I, I don't know that you would want to count on him um, on a contending squad just yet. Yeah, and I think right now is an area where, I mean, I've been advocating to people, you know, send – JSN in a third for Zay in a second. And I think you can, or the other way around for, for JSN in a second and upgrade your pick. If you're rebuilding, you know, like those guys look great. And I think that's an area that you can move yeah, on. From. I do think he could have held on to cooks and, and Ford for a little longer. Um, mm-hmm. I think he overpaid maybe by a second. Cause I think cooks and Ford are each worth seconds right now. So he basically paid a first and three seconds. Yeah, I think Ford's um, definitely right there in that secondary. He looked really good. Um, you know, that's why we've advocated in the past, really, those insurance running backs, making sure we're – and he was one guy that we talked about all offseason, making sure you guys have. So Yeah, um, he's a guy where I think people are too eager to flip Ford mm-hmm. for what they can right now because I yeah. do think that he is still the guy over Hunt um, in Cleveland. And I know a lot's been discussed about that, but I think Ford is still a hold unless you can get – you know, a second plus right now. Cause I think he'll, he'll he's, his value still has room to grow. I think, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. This one sent in from my man, Dane Madoche. I hope I pronounced it right. You know, uh, shout out to your son starting his hockey league, you know, but this guy, a long time listener anyways, um, kind of done a lot of work for the smash except crew, 10 team super flex start eight. So we know that's shallow and that's something that you and I talk about a lot. Jamar chase or AJ Brown, a late first in Kyron Williams. So I know you're an AJ Brown guy. Jamar Chase is an interesting situation because, you know, Joe Burrow has struggled, but last night he broke out. He looked a bit like back to himself again, a little bit as far as Chase is concerned. So I want to know what your thoughts of, we're going to take Kyron Williams out of this, AJ Brown in a first or Jamar Chase. And then I want to talk a little bit about Kyron Williams, you know, similar to where Jerome Ford is going to be an interesting guy to fill in. Kyron Williams is also that way, just a little bit, down in in yards per carry but up in production so jamar chase or aj brown at the 24 first and kyron williams yeah i would smash the package there um for two reasons one i i do still think that aj brown can put up elite numbers this year 
Um, he and Devontae Smith may alternate some weeks where they mm-hmm. have those down games. But ultimately, uh, no wide receiver is that consistent outside of Justin Jefferson, right? So I, I still like Brown a lot. I think the gap between him and Chase is far less than the first, um, especially when you throw in Kyron Williams on top, who may not have the pedigree or the draft capital, but he has the volume right now, and that certainly matters, especially in season. And then two, Chase looked good and Burrow looked better last night. But at the same time, I think there is some risk that this is something that could flare up again, right? Mm -hmm. We know that the calf isn't 100%. And knock on wood, I hope the Bengals know what they're doing because Aaron Rodgers came back from calf injury, and then we saw what happened there when he had to put pressure on it and it wasn't fully healed. So Mm -hmm. hopefully Burrow stays healthy. But I think there is a little bit of risk with Chase for this season, um, not long term because of Burrow's potential for a re-aggravation of that calf injury. Yeah, no, that's that's great analysis there. And I think we talked about it last episode about trying to move from Burrow to Herbert in that area if you're trying to produce and try to be in that same area. So this is similar, you know, if you're if you're trying to move from Chase to Lamb, Brown, one of those other top five guys. Uh, this one sent in from Fleeced by Chass. And uh, this one you're going to like. He got Zay Flowers in a 25 first for Stefan Diggs in a pair of threes. Yeah, I, I love it. I think I, I think it's fair because Diggs has been phenomenal to open the season. Absolutely. I do think he's still going to be you know, a very productive wide receiver one this year, but also long-term. I, I love Zay Flowers. I, I think him and uh, Diggs, their PPR points per game difference mm-hmm. this year might be smaller than some expect. We haven't seen the touchdowns or the big plays yet, from flowers, but man, that volume and that target share, the, the big games are coming. Yeah. And that's what we were talking about Lamar. I mean, Lamar only has two touchdowns at this point. They're still getting acclimated to that offense. I think you're right. That that's going to be, that's one of those ones that's an insulated trade right now. You win with Stefan Diggs If you're winning next year, you look at that, you know, and we, we talk about it all the time, moving off Diggs and Adams and trying to get yourself into a situation where you get flowers or Addison plus a first, those windows are closing, but he got one done here. Well, to touch on the Ravens real quick, too, it's worth noting that they have two or three injuries to their offensive line starters, and and that's created two issues, right? For Flowers, most of his stuff is around the line of scrimmage. Um, We saw that even going back to week one. And for Andrews, he's having to block a little bit more, right? They Mm -hmm. like using him as a receiver, obviously. But um, I think with those injuries, once the O-line gets a little healthier, I I think we're going to see this passing offense really develop. Yeah, and so Lamar would be a buy low for you for sure because a lot of people have been reaching out saying, hey, you know, like you and Mung were saying top three, top five, maybe even QB1, and I'd like, he's still QB7, so just relax. We're going to see see some big things. Next yeah, one are, said are it, people really that worried about Lamar just because of the, had, one, just the week one stinker? Since then, 20, 23 and 28 fantasy. I've, games, had, right? I've had four or five people reach out this week, so it's crazy. Uh, next one sent in from Nick in the Patreon. He said, Brandon Ayuk and Leonard Fournette or Kyron Williams and Sky Moore. This one, absolute smash except obviously getting a guy like Brandon Ayuk. What I want you to talk about, you know, we we skipped over Kyron Williams a little bit, but let's Leonard Fournette. Is he going to get signed somewhere? Like how long are we going to wait for this? Or do we have to wait for another major running back to go down? Because he feels like someone that could slide into a role somewhere and, and still produce, but it must not be if all the NFL teams are passing. So Leonard Fournette's a guy that I've been getting tossed in on trades because there is still that opportunity somewhere down the line. Yeah, I think he'll end up being on a roster. Um, He got dropped in one of my dynasty leagues, so I'm putting in a waiver bid for him. But he's one of those guys where as soon as he signs somewhere, I I would look to flip him, even if it's, you know, Fournette plus a third for a second, something along those lines. Because I think – He's going to be one of those roster clocker guys where he's going to have a decent game or two where he gets a touchdown or two. Um, but the rest of the time, I think he would just be a, more of a vet presence at this point. Yeah. Now, Kyron Williams, let's talk about him a little bit because he's one of the biggest questions I get. People are like, Dad, what do I do with Kyron Williams? You know, I've been putting out my weekly ranks and every time I put him out there, people are like, yo, you're way too low on him. You're way too. I mean, right now he's the RB6. Right now he's also, you look at what he's been able to do. He's He's been up there. He's He has... 17.4, 22. Then this week he came back down with 6.5 fantasy points. He's up there in snap share, top five. He's up there in, in targets and routes run. 
but he's also putting in, you know, 3.2 yards per carry there. So it's, do you see him shouldering the load the rest of the way? A lot of questions are saying, you know, would you trade? You you said you would not trade Jerome Ford for a 24 second. Would you trade Kyron Williams for a 24 second? I think that's about right. I would hold because, I mean, just look at last night's game. You know what his snap share was? 100%. Probably 100%. Yeah. Literally 100%. It's been 92% across the season, you know, and that's that's insane because that's he's only trailing Christian McCaffrey when it comes to snap share. Yeah, I, I don't know if he can hold up to that role. Um, same with Zach Moss in Indy, right? But at the same time, right now, do you know how hard it is to find a workhorse running back in this day and age, uh, especially with all the injuries that have occurred this year? Uh, so, again, I don't think – these guys are necessarily going to be super efficient, scoring a ton of touchdowns. But these consistent weeks have give them top 12 running back potential for the season. Mm-hmm. And again, Wait. I think it's fine if you want to sell for a second. But I do think unless you're, you just really want that pick right now, you can hold and maybe get more. When I, what I've been trying to tell people is if you're going to do it, a random 24 second, you know, if you're rebuilding, yeah, absolutely get rid of him. You know, you got him off of waivers. If you're contending, tear up off of him. You know, like if you're moving that way, a lot of people are really, you know, down on on player like, you know, Josh Jacobs or, you know, Pacheco or Aaron Jones. Like tear up what you think is a, you know, a better player who has more longevity. But don't just sell them, you know, randomly if you're in a contention spot. And a lot of times when I say a guy's a buy or a sell, I mean, you and I both know that everyone's a buyer or sell. It's just whatever the price dependent is and what your league's given for them. So that's always an interesting one for sure. I know after week one, I traded Kyron Williams in a third for DeAndre Swift in a league. You know, that's a slight tear up. You know, you move those kind of moves for guys that you believe in a lot more. I want to talk about DeAndre Swift because, man, 6.9 yards per carry. Last two weeks, over 130 yards. Mung, it's hard not to get excited again. We know what the talent is. I have him rest the season in somewhere in that five to 10 range in that Philly offense. DeAndre Swift stays healthy. He's just going to skyrocket. Um, I'm going to speak to you from the bottom of my heart with no malice, no judgment. It's time to sell. The last time that I heard you and other people this excited about (laughs) an Eagles player was Travis Fulgham. (laughs) And... I got to tell you. Yo, Fulgham um, forever, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I saw a quick video clip of Matthew Berry talking about DeAndre Swift earlier today. He basically stole the exact words I was going to say. Um, phenomenal two games in prime time. Everybody saw it. Right? Mm-hmm. Everybody was watching these games. The, could not be a more perfect time to sell high. Um, you know, honestly, I'm happy that he's healthy. I'm happy that he's doing well. We always knew he's talented, right? Absolutely. But two things, even going beyond the injury history, right? You look at his production against the Bucks, 130 yards, just phenomenal runs, some really hard runs, no touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. Less than 15 PPR fantasy points for all of that. Um, we saw that Jalen Hurts got that sneak once again, as we know the Eagles like to do near the goal line. Um, we know Jalen Hurts doesn't throw a ton of passes to the running backs. From a fantasy perspective, I don't know that there's a ton of upside here beyond what we just saw. I, I think we might have seen the best game of the year from him already in week two. Um, and then that's, again, before throwing in that injury history where it, I'm just super nervous. And if you can get any first for DeAndre Swift, I would. And you talked about tearing up from Kyron Williams. I think you paid, you said Williams plus a third for Swift. Mm-hmm. If I could, I would actually tear down from Swift. If I can get Kyron Williams plus a second, I would sell Swift for that. Ooh, that's spicy. I like, I just think with him that you have this this opportunity that we've we've had in the past where we and the the if was the big word there, right? Like if he can stay healthy. Because I was talking about it with a coworker today, and I'm like, when he's on the field, he has all the talent, but he has not played very often, you know. And that's the thing where I had a guy message me right before we jumped on the podcast. He said, Jameer Gibbs and DeAndre Swift or B. John Robinson. And I was like, okay, now we're at a spot where it's like, if I can move and use him as an asset to move from Gibbs to Bijan, if I can use him as an asset to move from Najee to anything. No, sorry. I just saw Najee on my board and I'm like, got to get rid of Najee Harris. But I, I see, I see your point there. You know what I mean? 
you got to bring me back down sometimes. I get a little excited. So next trade sent in from Footy3801. Side one, Justin Herbert, Gus Edwards, and Traylon Burks. Side two, Justin Fields, Sky Moore, 224 seconds, and a 26 first. Um, that one's tough because to me this comes down to Herbert or Fields plus a first and two seconds. Mm-hmm. But with that first being so far out, that's tough. If it was I think, 24, I think I'd take the opportunity here. You know, and this was sure. th- this was before the game started this weekend. You know, so it was like, hey, we're we're into that area. Justin Herbert has top five potential the rest of the year here. Like he looks locked in, and much like Kirk Cousins, like he's a much younger version of what the offense we're talking about with with Minnesota, right? Like Minnes, the Chargers are going to be in shootouts every single week, and that's going to benefit Justin Herbert. So you know, this one. If that I was think, a 24 first, we're in a different scenario. I think I still lean Fields in that first and the two seconds because I do think Fields' value will bounce back at some point this season. Um, mm-hmm. But certainly I could understand it if you, if you wanted to hold on to Herbert. One of our listeners just heard what you were saying earlier. He said he managed to get a 24 first for Jerome Ford. Any 24 or 25 first when we were talking about that, oh, that's yeah. a smash. Um, my question to you is Jerome Ford in a second or – you know, we're going to call him random. Jerome Ford in a second or a 24 first? I think that's fair. Um, like, I'd think... much rather have those situations than a random 24 second, right? Because you know you have a better idea there, and we know that first is going to at least be something that you're going to be able to build around. Yeah, I think that's fine if you want to get that first. I'll never say anyone's crazy or you know, stupid for wanting to do that. I just think that with how good the Browns offensive line is and with how good their defense is, we are going to see a lot of touchdown opportunities for Ford. Mm -hmm. Um, We saw that even though he didn't have that workhorse role with Chubb down, he still got two touchdowns, right? Mm -hmm. And again, I know Tennessee is not the greatest opponent, but at the same time, that Browns defense looks legit. And I do think that Ford is going to have a lot of opportunities um, so if if you're willing to roll the dice a little bit, I, I am recommending to hold on to Ford for now. I like it. This next one sent in from Chips, Tyler Lockett and Alvin Kamara, or J.K. Dobbins and a 24 second and 24 third. So basically a Kamara for a second with uh, uh, yeah. who's the other player? Well, it's J.K. Dobbins, 24 second, Tyler Lockett and Alvin Kamara. For me, that's a smash. You know, I, I love that trade, but what I really want to talk about is is Alvin Kamara. You know, this is it, right? Week four, he's back. How excited are you in this Saints offense? Um, Not very, because the Bucks have a strong front seven. Uh, first week back, I think they'll ramp him up a little bit. So if you're looking to buy Kamara, I think you can still wait. Hope he has a quiet game this week. Uh, but rest of the season, I, I do like his prospects. And with all the injuries to some of these top running backs and with the Taylor situation and all that, it would not shock me if Kamara finishes as a top 10 running back. For sure. And that's what Snoogan have been all over that. Next one sent in from Queebears. Queebears. I don't even know how to pronounce it, but I don't care. Raheem Mostert and and Samaji Pirine or Romeo Dobbs. So if you're getting Mostert for Romeo Dobbs, if you're a running back needy team like he says he is, you know, Dobbs has looked good. But, man, Mostert's had a, a career in these first couple of games. I mean, how – what should we be doing with Raheem Mostert? I think is a big question because much like what we talked about with Swift, it's like he's he has not been healthy across his career, but you can't argue with this kind of production. Like he literally was beating teams by himself last week. Yeah, it's this one's a tough trade for me. I, I think I would keep Mostert here, but both Mostert and Dobbs are sells for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Dobbs, just because we've seen that Christian Watson isn't there yet, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that the targets are already pretty spread out. And I think Dobbs and Reed and Musgrave are all talented guys. But once you put Christian Watson back into that equation, none of these are, none of these guys are going to be consistent weekly producers, right? Um, so I think he's a sell. But I think you command more leverage given the lack of startable running backs right now in fantasy. So if mm-hmm. you have Mostert, I, I would push for a better prospect in return, even though I do advocate selling him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do advocate selling him because we saw 
you know, he averaged close to three quarters of the snaps weeks one to week two. He was closer to 50 um, in week three. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's a 70 point game, so kind of a weird game script. But at the same time, I think A Chain is here to stay. I- I've always liked A Chain as soon as he got drafted to Miami. Mm-hmm. And even if Mostert remains the quote unquote lead back, you know, we've seen one, you mentioned the extensive injury history that I don't trust. Uh, the last time he played more than eight games was, I think, uh, prior to last year was 2019, something like that. Um, and I do think that it's going to be a split with A-Chain, with Wilson once he comes back. And to me, I project A-Chain to eventually win that 1A role in this backfield. Yeah, I think Mostert, I mean, week one, 11 points. Week two, 24.7. Obviously, 38.2 week three. I think he settles in as that nice, solid RB2 for you, you know? And I think that has its value, but... Again, you don't want to be investing in an RB2 in Dynasty who's 31 years old. You know, like you have to know you're buying production. And a lot of times, you know, you can take opportunities, but you have to know that that is a temporary production. It's not actually value that you're keeping. Uh, Next one sent in from Quitta Juego, Justin Fields or Hendon Hooker and a mid-24 first and 24 second. Oh... I know you like Hendon Hooker, so this is kind of kind of in that interesting. Area. No, the, I, I mean the the Hooker bet was if Goff starts the season slow, doesn't look great, which he That's has not, not done. I, yeah. I'm not a Goff believer, but you know I, I don't think Hooker's touching that job for at least a couple of years, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this it's basically a first plus a second for Fields, which I, I think it's fine if you're off of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think this week against that Denver defense is going to be a bounce back. So even if you don't believe in Fields, I, I would hold out at least one more week before you sell because his his value is rock bottom right now. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the next one here. This is a trade that I actually made in Smash Except Nine. I'm re I'm sorry, Smash Except Seven. I'm rebuilding. I traded Javante Williams for Mike Williams, a 24 second and a 25 first, and then cascaded that right before game time. I traded Mike Williams for Gabe Davis in two thirds. So the ended up the overall deal was Gabe Davis twenty four second, twenty five first, two twenty four thirds for Javante Williams. And the biggest thing I got as soon as that happened was someone messaged me and they're like, "Dad, I didn't think you liked Mike Williams." So the biggest thing that I'm seeing is value is value, right? Mike Williams is uh, you know unfortunately going to be out for the entire year. Hold on, let me let me get this right. You got. I got Mike Williams, second, and Williams before his injury? Before his injury, yes. Because it was an area where it was like he wanted Javante Williams. I threw in a third. We kind of put into that area. But then flipped Mike Williams for Gabe Davis in a pair of threes. I love Gabe Davis the rest of the way. Like he's starting to wear on me. Mike Williams is someone, if you're rebuilding right now, you go offer Tyler Lockett and get Mike Williams in a third. You know, like Mike Williams – He's 28, but I think we're in an area where people are going to want to buy production if you're in a rebuild. So that was more just to talk about the cascade of it and buying guys that, you know, you don't have to necessarily like. It's more just the profile. Wait, I just want to triple check. You got <laughs> yes, I Mike got Williams, a second and a first prior to injury for Javante Williams. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, I did it. not realize there were still Javante Williams truthers out there. I, I mean, wow. Zoltan has him as his RB10 overall in Dynasty, I was looking at. So, I mean, Javante Williams is is uh, there's a lot of truthers out there for sure. Uh, next one outside my top 20. Woo. This one, tra- this is a cascading trade. I love when guys in the Patreon use our terminology of cascading trades and insulated trades and things like that. He, he made two trades in the same week. He gave up or he got Daniel Jones and Chris Olave for McLaurin and Herbert. And then the second trade is he got Pittman and Nico Collins for Alave. So I want to talk about Daniel Jones and Chris Alave or McLaurin and Herbert. I love Alave. I'm struggling with Daniel Jones. He's not been a guy that I've wanted to invest in too often, but talk to me a little bit about this first one. So Alave and Daniel Jones or McLaurin and Herbert. Um, I, I don't love it because I've never been huge on McLaurin. Mm-hmm. I, I, think Daniel Jones will bounce back because he had just about the worst opening few games in his schedule that you could ask for, right? The Cowboys defense, um, mm-hmm. the Niners defense, and the Giants schedule does open up a little bit the rest of the way, and I think they'll get him more involved as a rusher as well. So I, I still, I don't hate 
Jones and McLaurin for what was it? Herbert? Yeah. Or was it Herbert no, McLaurin for Herbert Jones and McLaurin. Her, Okay. Herbert McLaurin, yeah. I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. Uh, I really don't like the second piece because Pittman's been awesome. Uh, he's been the first read on a, a ton of targets, a ton of plays. Um, he's getting a ton of volume too. Anthony Richardson looks a little bit more pro-ready than we expected. So I like Pittman a lot. Pittman's a beast right now. Like three weeks in a row where you're looking at, you know, over 10 targets, one of just three guys. He's he's getting we, that post-hype sleeper. You and I liked him last year. It didn't really pan out. But, I mean, with Minshew and Anthony Richardson, he's got to be moving up the boards a little bit. I like Pittman a lot. Um, Nico Collins has looked pretty decent with C.J. Stroud looking phenomenal in his first few starts. I would not trade Olave for those no. two, though, because I think no. Olave is in that elite tier, and so I, I really don't like the second part of that trade. Mm-hmm. I, I could give, I could take or leave that first part. I like it. Next one sent in from AJ Seltonreich. He receives Jordan Love for a 25 first and 25 second. Now, obviously, Jordan Love was a guy that I was buying up in the offseason everywhere. Now you see, you know, he has two straight three touchdown games. He has another solid comeback game here. Are you in on buying Jordan Love for a 25 first and a 25 second here like this deal? In general, I'm not buying Jordan Love for a 2025 first plus second. I think that's fine um, because I've gone back and watched those first few Packers games, and Jordan Love reminds me of like kind of like a Jared Goff type, where I think LaFleur's scheme and a top 10 offensive line are really hiding some of his weaknesses. Because he, he has some really bad throws, some bad decisions, and some just big misses. Um, the first thing I thought of when Jordan Love overshot Luke Musgrave on that wide-open long touchdown was, man, this reminds me of Goff in that Super Bowl against, uh, what was it, or uh, Garoppolo um, against the Niners when he just mm-hmm. overshot, I think it was Ayuk in that Super Bowl. Um, where you can prop him up and he's going to look good. The, the the stats are going to be there. So I think Love can finish as a top 15 fantasy quarterback this year. Um, Long term, I'm not quite sold. And he's certainly younger than these Goff Garoppolo types. He's not a veteran journeyman just yet. So I think he does have room to develop. But I think it's really the O-line and the weapons on the floor who are driving this off- offense in. Love's kind of along for the ride. I don't think he's the next Aaron Rodgers by any means. No, no. But, I mean, yeah, this is a value that this isn't someone we're looking at investing for 10 years, but take the value and, and move it as you can. Next one sent in from Rich PR one and I want to talk about not just the trade, but the principle here is Jonathan Taylor for Mike Evans, a 25 first and a 25 second. So, obviously, Jonathan Taylor has not been on the field. Mike Evans has been balling out. You have the insulation of the first and the second. Which side do you like here? Uh, I would lean Taylor. I think this is a nice buy low on Taylor, but I don't think it's a lopsided trade by any means. I, I think Evans has looked much better than we expected with Baker Mayfield at the helm. Um, so I think this is close overall, but definitely still lean Taylor, especially if you're rebuilding. And another last one of the night just sent in from Carlos Romano literally like two seconds ago. He said the guy is offering him Miles Sanders and a late 24 first for Devin A. Chain. We're covering yours right on the show. What would it cost for you to give up? You know, there was Zoltan put a trade poll out there. People are saying a mid 24 first or better for a chain. I had some people saying at two 24 seconds. We're talking here, Miles Sanders and a late 24 first. Well, I quoted Obi-Wan Kenobi earlier, and I'll quote uh, Lindsay Lohan. The limit does not exist. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what you could give me. You you quoted Obi Wan and Lindsay Lohan on the same show. This is gold. This is so great. I love it. Uh, it's called range. Okay, um, <laughs> dude, it's but, so good. I love it, man. Um, I, I just uh, Devon A Chain is I think RB thirteen in Dynasty. I just updated my ranks. I'm still playing around with them a little bit. Um, he might move up higher. It. Look, he's not going to go off for 200 yards and four touchdowns again, maybe in his entire career, all right? Um, that sort of production is completely unsustainable, but what is what is sustainable is his role and his ability to create big plays with his speed 
when Mike McDaniel puts him in space, mm-hmm. especially, and remember, this was without Jalen Waddle. So once they have Waddle back as well, defenses really, really need to play back. They cannot stack the box. And A-Chain can run between the tackles. He's not um, he's not just a speed guy, right? I, I talked about in the offseason how he actually saw more work and more between the tackles work than Jameer Gibbs in college. And honestly, I wouldn't fault anyone for taking a mid-2024 first for A-Chain. I, I think that's fine. Sanders is a non-factor to me. I, I don't think he's more than just a, a fill-in flex for 2023. Mm-hmm. Um I think the value is about right. For me, though, I, I think the sky's the limit, and it, it would not shock me if he's worth similarly to Jam- Jameer Gibbs when it's all said and done. Um, so for me, he's like a, he's like Jerome Ford where I, I'm still holding right now. Um, I understand the temptation to do the quick flip, especially for a mid-2024 first and what should be a pretty decent class. Uh, I'm holding. I'm I'm, I'm torn in between because I was big on A-Chain as well, you know, and I think they, they definitely kicked the tires about bringing in another guy even after they drafted him. But the talent is elite. Getting him in space, the way they do the shuffle passes, the way they were setting him up really was special. For me, if it's if it's mid-first and it has a chance to be 103, 104, he's, he's not going to be worth what, what Harrison may or the number one RB in next year's class are in For my sure in my opinion. So if you can get something in that area and plus if it's a late first, you know, you're, you're in that area where you're definitely going to be risking it. I mean, you don't want to be that guy that sold the next breakout running back and a chain has the ability to do that. So Mung, this has been a fun show. You know, it was good to, to chop it up and no better way to do that with you and I than just to go straight trade. So uh, why don't you tell everybody what you've been working on and we'll, we'll close it out. So this has been awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, I've been on vacation, so I haven't been working on much the last couple of weeks. But I, I am updating my dynasty rankings as we speak. They'll be out, they'll be out in a week or so for the uh, October update over on Fantrax. And uh, you guys can find me on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it these days, uh, at ffa underscore mung. That's M E N G. Still can't call it X in my mind, but it's it's always going to be Twitter. <laughs> That's the most that, boomer thing I've heard. I know, I know. It's it's my, also my GIF versus GIF. Like I can't I can't call it a GIF. It just doesn't make sense to me. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process. Obi Wan Kenobi and Lindsay Lohan, man. That-